0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. It is, well, I guess it could be Monday, September 27th. It could also be Sunday, September 26th. This is the early odds show in the feed. Check out the week three recap. We'll, of course, be previewing Monday Night Football from a gambling standpoint. Join me now to look at week four early odds. Freshly coiffed, trimmed, whatever you are. John Breach, looking sharp, buddy.
1: Brenton, somebody hits a 66-yard field goal. I got to get a haircut. I got to look smooth. I've been celebrating for the last four hours. I hope we see a 67-yard field goal in week four. Bearing the lead on your
0: Bengals winning, but we will get to that later in the recap or maybe when we talk about Thursday night football. Let's dive into the odds because, frankly, there's a huge game on Sunday. And it's Sunday night, and it's probably, I mean, it's it's Pats, it's Bucks at Pats. It's Tom Brady against Bill Belichick for the first time since Tom Brady in, in Tom Brady's career because he's always played for the Pats. He is now going back to Foxborough for the first time since he left and won a Super Bowl in Tampa Bay. And it's on Sunday Night Football. And frankly, Breach, I don't know that we can overplay this. Like It's, it's, it's going to be the only thing anybody talks about for a week. I was asked about it last week on Boston Radio because that's all anybody wants to talk about. And it's going to be – like the promo that they ran on Sunday Night Football this week, which in the it was like dun dun dun. It was like clips of like Brady being serious and like grinning slyly, and Belichick looking mad, making like faces like somebody pissed him off pretty badly. And then it's like the return Brady and Belichick. It was really a promo that wasn't that deep voice, but. Um. You know, that's how it goes. And uh, the bucks they're minus five and a half, a five and a half point favorite in Belichick's household with an over, under a 49. What's your initial thoughts on this
1: game? My initial thought is that you being asked about this last week, Brinson, I got asked about this game in July. Sure. I mean, yeah. that's how much hype is here in this showdown between Tom Brady and Bel- Belichick. You know, here is the funny thing, though, is that they're both coming off losses. It's kind of a, it feels like a must win game for both teams if you take out the Brady Belichick element. But of course, you can't take that out because that's what this whole entire game is about. Uh, you know, I think a lot of people spent uh, the past 12 months after Brady left New England kind of debating who was better for the Patriots. Was it Belichick or was it Brady? And then Brady took a big step ahead in that argument when he won the Super Bowl. And I think he can end it for good if he beats the Patriots on Sunday. And so my feeling on this game is that this is, I think it, it it might not seem like, but I feel like it's a bigger game for Brady. He's the dumped girlfriend here. The Patriots decided they didn't want him. They let him walk because they thought they would be better off without him. Now he's got a Super Bowl ring and he can put that Super Bowl ring on his middle finger. Uh, no, he's not going to do that. Um, but But all stacks, all like seven of them, just exactly. I feel like he is going to be absolutely motivated. I think the Buccaneers are the better team on paper. Mac Jones has struggled against good defenses. Uh, not the Buccaneers have been a great defense this year. And I think, uh, I like Tampa Bay to win and cover in this game.
0: Yeah, I mean both teams are coming off a loss in week three, which you know surprising because you know we thought the Bucks might uh, be able to go into the and play the Rams and, and really beat up on them. But the Rams were able to throw the ball down the field and to they didn't need to run the ball. They they the Rams can do based on their strengths and their weaknesses, they can exploit the Buccaneers defense. I didn't think about that enough when we were looking at this game. That was stupid on my part. Um, the Patriots, their weaknesses and their strengths play right into the hands of the Buccaneers defense. The Buccaneers defense is great against the run and terrible, not terrible, but not great against the pass. They are what people in the DFS community call a pass funnel because of their good interior defensive linemen. They just force you into throwing the ball down the field. Well, that means this is all on Mac Jones to go out there and beat Tom Brady with his arm. Belichick doesn't want to do that. He wants to run the football. I'm sure you heard Belichick's answer when they're like, what did you see on those two interceptions from Mac? He goes, probably same thing you did and then like that was his answer he wasn't very happy about it and so if i'm a patriots fan i'm worried that we are not gonna be able to beat the bucks on the ground and that the defense might not be able to limit tom brady enough because brady again not going to be thrown off by the mystique of of gillette stadium and playing against bill belichick but, you know he's 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 pretty comfortable in Gillette Stadium. He's won a bunch of games there. He's not going to be freaked out by the, half the fans are going to be cheering for him for crying out loud. So I mean, I, I don't, I just don't see a way in which the Patriots win this game against Tom Brady in vengeance mode, coming off a loss, going to play Bill Belichick, unless Bill Belichick just knows how to scheme up against Tom Brady specifically.
1: Yeah, I think that is the one kind of twist here is that look, Belichick was with Brady for twenty years. He knows every single weakness Brady has. He's going to develop some sort of defensive game plan to exploit those. But Brady's going to know he's going to do that. So the the Buccaneers will come up with an offensive game plan to not let him do that. This is like forty chess that you always talk about, Brinson. Um, but I, I think d chess. You are an expert at forty chess. You're you're probably you're the Gary Kasparov forty chess players. Okay. I don't know why I know any chess player names, but yeah. So I think Brady is going to win this game of 40 chess. And you know what? If James Winston can go into Gillette stadium and pick up a win, I feel pretty good about picking Tom Brady to do the same thing.
0: Yeah. So I would be taking the, the bucks here, even though it will be the chalky public side. Um, it, I, I don't love doing it, but I just, I, I the Pats don't look great. I think the under might be the better play though if you're picking something because the Patriots will not want to turn this into a shootout. And we saw, even though the Patriots scored 30 I mean, excuse me, the Buccaneers and Tom Brady scored 30 straight points in in nine straight games until Sunday when they only scored 24 against the Rams, you know, they're, they, they can put up points, but they're also willing to get in sort of a lower scoring affair. I don't think they'll want to, I don't think they'll want to embarrass Belichick,
1: right? Like, I don't think they would want to run the, uh, maybe, maybe. If, Tom Brady can win this game 49 to 7. He is going to say, Bruce Arians, let's win this game 49 to
0: 7. All right, fair enough.
1: Uh, Bill Belichick,
0: I think we have like a separate like research doc on the uh, on <laughs> Belichick. Obviously, the most wins all time, including playoffs by a quarterback coach duo, 249. Next closest, Drew Brees and Sean Payton, who no longer exist together, 144. Then big pin, Mike Tomlin, 136. And they're basically at the end of it. Uh, you have, of course. First notable great quarterbacks, their first game against their old team. Ken Stabler, 1980, lost to the Raiders. He was playing with the Oilers. Joe Montana beat the 49ers in 1994. Kurt Warner with the Cardinals lost to the Rams. I guess Kurt Warner had gone to the Giants, so I'm not sure that that works. Brett Favre famously beat the Packers in 2009. Peyton Manning lost to the Colts. And Andrew Luck, what will happen with Tom Brady, we will find out. All right. Next up on our picks list. I don't know why my voice is gone. I can't figure out what I might have done this weekend to lose my voice. Anyway, um, I'm just kidding. I know what I did. I know what you did. Yeah, everyone knows what I did. <laughs> Thursday Night Football, Jaguars and the Bengals. Speaking of exciting wins for your favorite team, the Bengals picked off the Steelers as uh, how many people predicted it in CBS? Six out of
1: nine. Now not against the spread. Straight up. Oh. Everyone, <laughs> that is not true. There's one, it was me. Are you kidding me? I picked him straight up, too. What are you talking you about? Yeah, really? uh, the two of us. Yeah, oh, that's right. Brinton trying to pretend like I never got we talked bangles. about last week.
0: Come um, on. the come Bengals, on. a healthy seven and a half point favorite over under 45 as they host the pathetic Jaguars on Thursday night football. Uh, will there be an emotional letdown here for your boys, or do you think Joe Burrow will come to play?
1: Well, first of all, are we sure this isn't a typo? I'm going to ask Debo, our producer. The seven and, like, half points, a a saying, seven and a half point favorite? Is this correct? Are you, are you saying that's too much? I think it should be like that's 17 and a half. The Cincinnati Bengals are, should not be a seven and a half point the favorite. Jaguars should a 19, like, like a double-digit double lead and lost and didn't even cover. Now, you know what, though, Brinson? I was going to uh, do the old go one way and go back the other way. You know what's funny is that over the past 10 years, the Bengals have been only been a touchdown or more favorite 17 times over 10 years and in those 17 games they are 15 1 and 1 straight up 11 4 and 2 against the spread so usually when they get that touchdown favorite status it's because uh, Vegas is reading them right and they are winning games. Uh, and you know what? The the reason they're winning games is because their defense has been so good. The Steelers only scored ten points. Uh, that defense played well against the Vikings and uh, pretty well against the Bears. Almost overcame Joe Burrow's three interceptions. So I think this team is going to do bad things to Trevor Lawrence, who is averaging what like eight interceptions a game. It's getting ugly. He threw a pick six on a flea flicker. Uh, and you did. That was, that was a terrible play call and an even worse throw. I, I I don't know what you're doing. You throw that. I mean, it just gave Arizona a touchdown for free at a key spot in the game when Jacksonville was actually winning in the second half, which are words that don't usually go together. Uh, and you said, maybe they overlook Jacksonville. I have three reasons why I don't think that will happen. Number one, it's a primetime game. Bengals are going to show up in primetime. This is Andy Dalton's Bengals. This is Joe Burrow's Bengals. Uh, number two, they're unveiling a ring of honor. So there's going to be kind of, the Bengals don't have one. They are going to have one starting Thursday. There's going to be kind of an electric atmosphere at the stadium. And they're also honoring the 40th anniversary of their Super Bowl 16 team. Uh, so the Bengals are going to be hyped up. I think they're going to roll. I think they win by double digits. I'm taking Cincinnati.
0: Yeah, I, I- this number short and it's not that since Cincinnati it's interesting but Cincinnati as you point out their defense is better than people think and their offense is starting to come together Jamar Chase looks awesome He's shutting up all the fools who said that it was a bad idea to draft him instead of Panay Sewell, that he couldn't catch the football in the preseason. He ends up looking like one of the biggest steals of the draft, and certainly well, not of the draft, but one of the biggest steals in the fantasy drafts. And is maybe might even be the favorite for rookie of the year uh, by the time people listen on Monday or when we talk about that. So, yeah, I I mean, I think – I mean, I don't know if you want to buy the half a point. I know RJ always points out that's, that's dumb to do. And this total is low, which implies not a lot of scoring – the Bengals should roll the Jaguars. The Jaguars are a bad football team and they're not coached well and they don't know how to close and they have a rookie quarterback who likes to make mistakes. Lawrence flashes all the time, but like he's, Joe Burr's beaten him once already in their careers. College granted, but it could happen again. All right. Next up, the St. Louis, the St. Louis Cardinals, the Arizona Cardinals go to face the Los Angeles Rams. Arizona beat the Jaguars on Sunday uh, in a comeback effort. The Rams, of course, took down the Bucs. That makes the Rams six-point
1: favorites with an over-under 53-and-a-half breach. You know what? This one, to me, feels easy. The Rams have absolutely dominated the series. Look. Cliff Kingsbury and Sean McVay might be friends, but they're clearly yeah. not best friends because Sean McVay never lets Kingsbury win. Uh, these two teams have played four times since Kingsbury became the coach of the Cardinals, and Kingsbury is 0-4 straight up against McVay, 0-3 and 1 against the spread. The Rams have beaten the Cardinals eight straight times overall. Uh, it has just been a disaster for the Cardinals whenever these two teams play. The, the Rams just have a defense that's talented enough to slow down. Kyler Murray. That's really what it comes down to. You know, you have a beast like Aaron Donald who can keep pressure on the passer at all times because he's almost as fast as Kyler Murray. Uh, you have cornerbacks who can match up with all of those Arizona receivers, not just Jalen Ramsey. The whole secondary has been playing well. And so that makes it tough for Arizona to do anything. So uh, and now the Rams have an even more high-powered offense than they've had uh, in these past games that they've beaten Arizona. You know, Jared Goff was 4-0 against the Cardinals. I think Matthew Stafford's going to be able to beat them by even more. Uh, so I know both these teams are good this year, but I don't think this one's going to be close. I think the Rams win and cover, and I'm tired of taking the favorites, but I got to keep doing it, Brenton.
0: Maybe not a bad idea. You could do a Bengals-Rams teaser where you tease them down and all, basically you get it down like Bengals minus one and a half. I guess you do a six point teaser and make the Rams a pick them. And then you just need, you know, both teams essentially just to win, which is not asking nearly as much. My concern when you look at Arizona, you know, they, they, they handled Jacksonville pretty easily, but Jacksonville ran the ball over them and they had tons of options in the passing game. That secondary is not good. The Rams offensive line holds up really well. And the one of the things that we saw on Sunday with, with the Rams and the Bucks in that game, they started to get Deshaun Jackson involved more. And he adds a different dimension. When you have a Sean Jackson stretching the field, it opens things up for Cooper Cup and Robert Woods underneath. And so I'm in agreement with you. I think the Rams is the play here. I would probably lean to the over because I do think the Cardinals will find a way to get into the high 20s and the Rams should be in the 30s. But if the Rams get in a blowout situation, who knows You know what could happen in that game. All right. Ravens at Broncos. Broncos minus one and a half over under 44, 44 and a half. Who would have thought the Broncos
1: are favored over the Ravens heading into this game? I guess that's what happens when you almost lose to the Detroit lions that Vegas just says, all right, you're an automatic underdog in your next game. Uh, you know what? I know the Broncos are three, and zero, just one of two undefeated teams in the AFC, but Brinson, do you know what the combined record is of the teams that Denver has beaten? It is. Oh, and nine. They have oh. beaten three zero and three teams. Well, the really, zero
0: and six because they're three and zero. You got to at least give them zero and six outside of the Broncos games. You know what I'm saying?
1: Okay, zero and six outside the Broncos <laughs> games. However, you want to spin it, those teams are winless. It is Jacksonville. It is the Giants. It is the Jets. So I don't know how much we really know about the Broncos because they haven't faced a good team. Well, guess what? The Ravens are a good team. I think they're going to show up to Denver really motivated, especially because they almost got upset by Detroit. There's going to be no sleeping on your opponent. Not that they would sleep on or overlook.
0: We might get 67 yards. Uh,
1: We might get a 67 (laughs) yard field goal. So I think the Ravens are going to have a big game. I don't think they were expecting kind of to get punched in the face by the lions. And and I think it's good that they did because uh, now they're going to go in and, and just, be motivated to take this one. I think we're gonna see a big game from Lamar Jackson. I think we're gonna see a game-winning field goal from Justin Tucker. And as you said, maybe it's from 67 yards. Uh, so I like the Ravens pull the upset here. I will take the Broncos,
0: and I'm not in a hurry. To, I'm not in a rush to bet it because of the. I don't think it's going to scream up to you know unless there's some COVID situation with Lamar or whatever it is. Um, and I, I understand why you would take the Ravens. That is a it's a pretty good spot. You're getting points with Baltimore, who theoretically is a better team. But I believe in this Broncos roster, and I think they can exploit the Ravens defense, which has not been that great. Lamar Jackson will try to run, but I think if there's a team that can slow down. Um, the the Ravens. I need to dig a little bit more into you know Vic Fangio's history against against Lamar and all that. Um but I do think it's Denver with their defense that flies around, can be sound, technically sound, and has strength up front. So I will take the Broncos and lay the one and a half. The under might be a decent look here, too, because it's forty four to half. That's low. I mean, golly, they, I mean, it was 19 to 17 in that Baltimore Detroit game. And that was only because Detroit was really trailing and started, you know, king of garbage time. Jared golf was slinging it around giants at saints, saints minus eight over under 43 and a half. This might be uh, I mean, I hate to talk about all the favorites here, but I mean, the giants are terrible,
1: terrible, terrible. they're terrible. You know, we are talking all the favorites. We did pretty well uh, picking games last week. So I'm not going to worry about the fact that we are taking all the favorites. But you know what? I have lost all faith in the Giants. You said they're terrible. They couldn't even handle the Atlanta Falcons. The Atlanta Falcons were giving up 40 points per game through the first two weeks of the season. Sure, it's a small sample size, but it's still 40 points per game. And the Giants could only score two touchdowns. It was absolutely embarrassing that they lost to the Falcons. I, I just don't see how this team is not good on offense. They're not good on defense. And they're you know just, just Let me stop you. Good they're just good, <laughs> exactly and so you know the coaching staff has been making some questionable decisions and the other part of this is that this is the saints return to new orleans you know they had to play that first home game in jacksonville now the hurricane hit and now this you have the stadium finally opening back up so i think the saints are absolutely gonna be fired up for what is going to be their actual home opener in new orleans i think they're gonna roll the giants and and win by double digits
0: completely agree and i will probably be making the saints my survivor pick need to look at the rest of their schedule um but the giants look terrible uh, their only real offense is like daniel jones when he's uh, freaking you know running the ball and I, i'm just not buying into anything they're doing jason garrett very uninspiring i will take the saints here they might be another teaser team to look at as well with that eight points you get it out of six like if you had rams as a pick'em and saints at minus two I'm feeling pretty good about that. Tease, or maybe even tease the Bengals and the Saints. Like tease the tease against these bad teams who are just bad. Finally, Monday Night Football, the Raiders at the Chargers. Ooh. Chargers minus three coming off a huge, huge win over the Kansas City Chiefs. That actually leaves the Chiefs in the basement of the AFC West. The Raiders undefeated. And uh this is a big matchup on Monday Night Football in LA. You have to assume there'll be more Raiders fans than Chargers fans. Um I would Oh, God. I'm sick and tired of going to the over on these Chargers games, but I think I would lean towards the over here and probably take the points of the Raiders somehow.
1: I don't know anything. The Raiders have been blowing my mind this year. Yeah. I mean, this team, if you're a Raiders fan, I don't know how your heart is still working because every game is just this giant roller coaster that you feel like it's going to crash. And then all of a sudden, uh, it ends up exactly how it's supposed to and the Raiders end up winning. You know, when I saw their schedule, their first three games, Back in July, back in August, I was thinking, man, this team is going to be lucky to go one and two when you have the Ravens, the Steelers, the Dolphins playing three teams that made the playoffs last season. And they're three, and zero, and they're the first team in NFL history that has started season three, and oh by beating three teams that went to or had 10 or more wins last season. And so it, it really is unbelievable what they've done. But the one thing that still worries me is their defense. We saw it. Uh, in week one against Baltimore, just they ran up and down the field. We saw it against the Dolphins. They struggled against Jacoby Brissett, and so that's trouble. Uh, I think the Chargers are loaded on offense. I think this game is going to be a shootout. Uh, I like the Chargers to barely cover. Just barely. Just like this much.
0: Just barely cover. All right. Yeah, I think it will be a close game. That's why I'll take the points if I'm getting – It's a, div- a divisional game, sh- high total, you know – Raiders are undefeated and getting points. Give me the points, but I, I do think the Chargers, I like the Chargers' chances against that defense, but I, I, you know, if you're taking anything in this game, I think you would want to take the Raiders now because it's more likely to drift towards a pick because there's no home field advantage in LA. So that early line may even just be like, oh, the divisional game, we don't know. Let's give it three. That's home field advantage. And then they realize that, oh wait, it's going to be a Raiders home field advantage. So if you want to, if you like the Raiders, bet them Now, all right, that is the week for early odds. Look ahead, reach. Talk to you later, buddy.
2: Okay, picture this it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road any road, the steeper the better